want box, you want true, you want the real true, this one's for you. In this corner with Brian Campbell returns with the Boxeo edition as we load up that syringe. Vada approved. Over dripping, ready for insertion. Stacked, jacked, and double backed with that performance enhancing audio. The Brian Campbell. Yes, in fact, the voice that you hear. So fired up to talk box with you this week. Ready to, to bring my true, like I mentioned. He knows I speak true. You know, if he ready for true, please, he don't, don't finish with fake. Come back. Come back. Come back again. Tell your parents, said hi, all that good stuff. Gaga, ga, ga, Kazakhstan forever. Yes, we got another loaded show for you this week. Ready to respond to all the latest news. Canelo to the zone and the boxing landscape has been flipped upside down. Weekend previews. Do you care with Rafe Bugs? And a sit-down interview with my man, Badu Jack, ready to talk Ripper Nutrition going worldwide. What might be next for him? Lots to hear. You're going to enjoy it. If you like what you hear, if it touches you, if it tickles you, come on. You know what to do next. If you see something, say something. Please head on over to Apple Podcasts. Give us that five-star review. Tell us you like box. Tell us you like Rafe's red beard and you read his basketball books. Tell us whatever you want. Just tell us, all right? Speaking of Rafe, I'm just going to bring the guy right in. He'll lick your candy. He's got plenty of books that you need to read, including Basketball, a love story that's firing off the shelves over at the Amazon store and all the other stores. And he is a protector of all things cruiserweights, and the cruiserweights are back, brother. Let me lick you up. Let me lick you down. Oh, baby, Rafe Bartholomew, it's another Monday morning. We're ready. We're back with Box. How are you feeling, brother? Eddie Hearn, you are next, my friend. You are next, my friend, Eddie Hearn. Big money. You're very filled. I'm very filled. Did you see him get filled when uh, he got pantsed in Boston by uh, Tommy Coyle? So I, I, yeah, I did see this certain viral Twitter video of uh, Eddie Hearn's bare ass being <laughs> exposed, and I gotta say, Brian, it, if you had to see the bare ass of a boxing promoter, we we could probably do a lot worse than Eddie Hearn. Where would you rank Eddie? Hearn? Who would you would you rather see Aram's butt? Would you rather see I we well raging face? Is she a promoter? Yes, also? Yeah, get, get woke uh, you know on what? that. Come on. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm not going to comment. <laughs> uh, let's. I'm, I'm just happy we got what we got, and we didn't get any more. Those cheeky Brits. We almost saw his twigs and berries. That was not. That was not a good. Uh, wow, wow, right there. But yeah, Rafe. Uh, look, boxing kind of hot right now. I feel like every weekend now. I mean, DAZN's competing against itself with cards. I mean, there's a lot of friggin' boxing, and even on these off weekends, if you will, I had a good time watching that slop this weekend. Our sports healthy. There's tournaments. There's cruiserweight tournaments. There's streams. We're crossing streams. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Last week, you were almost not digging it. It was almost like your favorite band that you loved forever. Suddenly got popular, and then now, like, all the Dave Matthews girly fans are like, oh, that's my favorite band. You still want to get illegal streams and, and let your computer get STDs. I know you. You still want the old days of gross boxing. No, it's the new days right now. Get your checkbook open because the zone's going to fill it. All right, bro? 
Absolutely, man. Absolutely, Brian. You know me. You know deep down, even though I don't project too hard as a hipster, I got that hipster blood coursing through my veins, that Badu hipster. And it's just like I I need to be the only one up on this thing. And I don't want come stay out of my house, man. I, this is this is my world. I don't need you coming up in here with me. Um, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I don't think it's going mainstream enough in a good way. I think, I mean, look, it's not going mainstream. It's going off of the damn mainstreams. It's going on to the private streams. You got to be streaming in private to watch this stuff. I don't know how it's going to work, but I guess it's better than paying $80 for pay-per-view. I don't know. There's still pay-per-view. We're going to get into all that for a minute. Before we get into real box here, uh, basketball love story. Any updates? What's going on here, Ray? You're speaking around the country t- talking about it. It's selling. Book is selling well. Movie's still out on HBO. Uh, no, uh, ESPN, oh, wow. something, hey, some hey, channel. Well, I, I did that part out after. For, it's, a, it's a storytelling platform. Excuse me. I forgot. All right. I, I, I mixed up my storytelling with, platform. Yeah, any, man. Any, I, I any the story of the fight. There's so many stories going on in my life right now. I'm losing the story of this podcast. Just just <laughs> cut me off, man. Bring me back to box. Shot his load a little bit. Oh wow! Oh gross! Uh, yeah. So that's all that. Hey, we were going to talk to uh, Canelo and uh, Rocky Fielding today. I'm gonna have to probably shelf those another week. But I was down in your home city of New York this past week for the big announcement, the big news that rocked the box, that changed the game. Free agent Saul. Canelo Alvarez, who I know you, Stephen A., a lot of people. I love me some Saul Canelo Alvarez. Signed with, jumped in, the zone, Rafe. 11 fights, five years, minimum $365 million, brother. That's some serious cheddar right there. This instantly changes the game. HBO is dead. The zone is in. Your reaction to the big news. Um, I, it, it's good news, I guess, for boxing. I don't, it, I, I'm neutral. I don't, I'm not rooting for anyone to make or lose money. It's a big move, right? And, and really is a big statement for DAZN that they want to not only be a part of this conversation in the States in terms of leading the boxing field, but now we went out and signed Canelo, threw the entire bag at him. And not just teasing the bag, but all, all of that, all of that bread in there, but going straight to, to Canelo, 11 fights. I mean, it's, it, it is a really big long-term deal for, and, and now between Canelo and Anthony Joshua, DeZone and Eddie Hearn are, are working with the two most, you know, the two biggest draws in the sport. So it's, 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 it's a big statement. They're, they're throwing those, they're dropping those, those nuts on the table. I was born ready. <laughs> he was born ready to cash them fat checks, Rafe. And the most interesting thing about this is, well, you mentioned part of it, the fact that the zone launched in September now has the two biggest fighters in the world without question. AJ? 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 I like AJ. I like AJ. I like AJ. Hey guys. Hey guys. Hey guys. I want to thank my brother, Contestota. I want to congratulate. Do not ask Hayden what is on the USB. <laughs> she will never see the USB stick again. Oh, no way. Uh, they have AJ and Canelo. And the biggest part about it is that the North American's biggest pay-per-view star is now off pay-per-view, Rafe. This does change the game. We knew that Canelo received offers from ESPN, from Showtime. 
I believe HBO had a final offer to do the Rocky Fielding fight on pay-per-view as a send-off for the network. We also hear that Dana White and Zufa Boxing wanted to make Canelo an exclusive attraction on UFC Fight Pass. In the end, he took the biggest of bucks. And it's not just a Canelo story here, Rafe. You got to give Oscar a high five here. Oscar is bringing the entire Golden Boy brand to the zone on a separate five-year deal. So what's interesting in this landscape is each network is defined essentially by one promoter. ESPN's top rank. Showtime and Fox are PBC. But DAZN, if you want to be optimistic about their future, now they got Hearn, they got Oscar, they got uh, a Cali party with the WBSS, and it's making the stable bigger. It's making more options because a future for Canelo, if, you, if your first instinct is to go, well, who the hell is he going to fight in those other 10 fights after Rocky Fielding? Hey, this just in. That middleweight division in the zone, pretty rocking if you figure they have access to Billy Joe Saunders. They have Demetrius Andrade. They have now David Lemieux, maybe long-term Jason Quigley. They have, uh, who else am I missing? Danny Jacobs. Danny, Danny Jacobs. Danny Jacobs I mean, when we, he comes off of this uh, last fight on HBO this week. I mean, we all know about Danny Jacobs. Danny Jacobs, you're the boy. <laughs> like, you put it on him. I mean, he'll, he'll put it right on him. And we also know what Danny Jacobs, by the way, did say about a future one day possibly facing Canelo. I'd stop Canelo. I'd knock Canelo out. Wow, wow. So there's a bright future here, Rafe. We're joining forces now. And if you really hear the inside baseball on how this Oscar deal got done, and by the way, Oscar did not show up at the press conference in New York the next day. I was told by an inside source he was signing contracts until 4 a.m., We'll get to that in a second. Um, we found out that John Skipper, former ESPN president who w- was forced to leave in disgrace due to the cocaine situation, now running Perform Group, he called in Eddie. They flew to L.A. and spent a bunch of days making the deal work with Oscar. This is like a this is like a super group in rock history. This is like blind faith. We got Eric Clapton. We got Je- you know we got this guy from Cream. We got uh, this other dude on the on the keys. I mean, wow, that was a dated reference. Rave what? Imagine what the parties are going to be like with Skipper, Oscar, Eddie Hearn, and maybe Callie. Eyes wide open, bro. I'm not talking about shut. Dongs wide open, bro. What's this going to look like? I don't. I, look, it, it. I don't know. It may be. A, it's sort of a dangerous. It's a combustible situation in there. On one hand, it, it works out in in that these guys probably are all on the same wavelength. You know, they know when to hit up Angel on the low. You know, what I'm saying fish scale, Brian. That's what I got but for Oscar. I got fish scale. <laughs> hit me up in the low, Oscar on a deep. Thank you. You know, so they they are they, all on a similar wavelength. But if they if they do if say one of these guys is trying to stay clean. God, it's tough. You're, you're surrounding yourself with a lot of guys who have access, access. But hey, if it leads to good fights, I'm all for it. Sniff it up, baby. Let's get it. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Maybe it's like a Manny situation where when he cleans up, nobody gets knocked out. There's no more dice games. There's no more women. But when he's just living free balling, life's fun. I want these guys to be free balling. And after that first round, my pummel was all over the place. I want everyone's bum all to be all over the place, Rafe. All right. Um, look, jokes aside, where do you think in the hierarchy this place is the zone right now today in the boxing, broadcasting and promotional landscape? 
it sounds crazy, but if they have Canelo, that kind of is the trump card. That puts you on top. It, it, just having Canelo puts them there, and, and plus they also have Joshua. Yes, the, the overall strength, I think, of the PBC stable is, is greater. They're better fighters overall, and 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 also probably the first, the top two fighters in the world fighting on on ESPN. And plus, the ESPN has the you know top rank and that that promotional backing of the network. But you, the biggest stars are the are what make all the mo- the biggest money in the sport. So if you have Canelo and you have AJ Anthony Joshua, <laughs> then <laughs> then Joshua. you kind of are. Anthony Josh, AJ, Anthony Joshua, whatever you want to call him. If you got the two biggest stars, you are kind of in the driver's seat, even if you're just on an app. Isn't it weird that, like, okay, Top Rank's got the best platform with ESPN and ESPN Plus because of the promotional arm of ESPN. No question about it. Every cafe, restaurant, gym you walk into, ESPN's still on the TV everywhere you go. PBC has the deepest roster. They can, if, if the world, if, if there was a nuclear bomb hit all of boxing and PBC all went down in the Al Heyman shelter to hide, like they could come out of there and still put together, as we've seen, a league that works. Al Heyman, a goat. Yeah, we know that. I mean, like <laughs> that, like they could still make really awesome featherweight, welterweight, you know, whatever you want to say fights. But the zone has the sex right now and they might have the deepest pockets with that ukrainian uh billionaire slash uh what's that word everyone uses you know that word uh, oligarch oligarch Ol- yeah. oligarch they got the damn oligarch whose balls may be bigger than everybody I, 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 I where am i going with that i was gonna i was gonna do a uh poly but i don't really think i had a joke there but uh you know i love you i love your daddy we good friends i love your daddy uh i will say rafe that they got the sexiest balls right now, and they got two of them. One's AJ, one is Canelo, and when they plop those things down on the table, Rafe, people move, people adjust, people play gross sound bites that really make no sense. People do those things, Rafe, and um, you know, just wow, wow, this did change the game. All jokes aside, it's a new era, it's a new day. Showtime's not going anywhere, guys. They're still the going to be the traditional pay per view leaders. But here's the key question. Is traditional pay-per-view potentially dead, Rafe? Well, and that kind of brings us into some of the other news of the week where it looks like Showtime, maybe Fox, PBC are, are edging towards putting on the net boxing's next possibly big pay-per-view, which could be Manny Pacquiao and Adrian Broner now that Manny is down with Team Heyman. Al Heyman the GOAT! (laughs) Hey, Fred Sternberg back in the Manny family. I was happy to see that. We love our guy, Freddie. You know, it's like, you know, no relationship is ever over in boxing. Well, what was weird, and we talked about it before, this 2018, where we say maybe pay-per-view already was dead, considering we didn't see a major pay-per-view until September, Triple G, Canelo 2. We're going to see a big pay-per-view, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, December 1st. Now you just tease the bag that there's behind-the-scene rumors that January 12th or January 19th, we could see Pacquiao Broner, which, uh, shelf that for a second, because that fight fires me the heck up, but... The whole, you know, I talked to Canelo right after this deal happened, and the thing he kept saying over and over again, like like it was on record, like to hit the button, was my fans used to have to pay 80 to to $100 to see me. Now they can see me for free on December 15th because your first month with zone is free. And then nine ninety nine the rest of the way, Rafe. So 
I don't know if that's enough to kill pay-per-view. I still feel like even AJ, who's a DAZN guy, I still feel like if he one day fights Wilder, it's got to be on pay-per-view, right? If he one day fights Fury, can you put that on DAZN? I don't even know if you can. Can you ever get the the money back if you put people on just DAZN? Like, does this work? I don't think traditional pay-per-view is dead, but I am happy that the future may be a WWE Network style, one price, and then that's everything. Yeah, and then if we're only having to pay once a year on a big pay-per-view, I don't think too many boxing fans are going to complain about that. Or, or of course, everyone will complain about everything, but it wouldn't it, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But you know. If they're committed to that model, the zone of, of, of really building up subscriptions, then they, they're going to have to take, you know, a few L's or, or at least understand that some of that is going to be lost leaders putting those big fights on, putting Canelo fights and AJ fights on just straight to the app because otherwise they're, they're cannibalizing their own product, which is something we see a lot in boxing is sort of what brought down some of one of the problems that HBO faced is their budgets shrank and they started putting fights that were never pay-per-view quality fights just on pay-per-view to pay the fighters. Uh, that when, when you see that start to happen, it usually doesn't work. So if I, I would applaud the zone, if they're able to keep all of those, even the biggest AJ and Canelo fights on the app, as a way to, to really test that model and see if it does build that audience and get people just to stick with it. Yeah, it's interesting, man. And like we just said, Canelo seems to have enough opponents where this makes a lot of sense. It's not like, you know, for example, oh, Terrence Crawford, you just re-signed with Top Rank. Who the heck are you going to fight? We don't really have that. So it brings us to Triple G, Rafe. Because Canelo told me, and you'll hear that interview next week, essentially – of course, if the fans want it, I'll fight him again. He's not on my mind right now, but I'll fight him a third time. But it has to be on my network. That was sort of basically what he said. Eddie Hearn, who doesn't promote Canelo, and let's let's be let's just put it out there for anybody that doesn't know. Eddie Hearn's not running the show at DAZN, but with an eight million, eight year, one billion dollar deal, he's a major player enough that anybody they sign, he's going to be kind of in on it, like. I just mentioned John Skipper took Eddie Hearn with him, according to reporting from Mike Coppender, and went to go talk to Oscar to seal the deal. So when Eddie Hearn says things, you got to remember he's one promoter with the zone, but a heavy influential guy because he's going to get a one billion dollars over eight years. And he said, "Look, straight up, Golovkin, you don't come to the zone, you don't get the third Canelo fight." Rafe, where's Golovkin going to go? Because Loeffler told Dan Rayfield of ESPN. They got the same suitors coming after them that Canelo had, which seems to include UFC Zufa Boxing. Who is he going to fight other than all the middleweights we just mentioned under the zone, Rafe? Well, it, it looks like it's either – and also we should mention uh, we haven't quite gotten into reviewing the weekend, but the, the, the money grab that they had planned in Japan against Ryota Murata Tokyo uh, is now off the, uh, off the table after he got just – exposed to get by uh canadian rob brandt uh good good for rob brandt anyway we could talk about it later but so there goes there goes that little plan for golovkin to go get a nice uh international payday in, in tokyo somewhere uh but he could go to pvc i i think he it's it comes down to working with with Heyman or the or the zone and and hearn and somebody over there because uh there's a look you're talking about the Charlos, you're talking about people, fighters at 154. I also think, uh, 
I, actually, the other the the other Triple G route that I had thought of, and it I kind of bums me out that Canelo almost beat him to it by jumping to 168 for this Rocky Fielding something fight. <laughs> was maybe Canelo would just maybe Triple G would just leave middleweight behind and go clean out 168 because there's some decent fighters up at 168 but those guys are mostly pies and he could just go up there and that would be a nice little feather in his legacy to to maybe uni- if he were in a rush and and the things lined up correctly to try and unify 168 in a couple years and then walk away I'm that would be a way to, to add to that legacy what you got for me yeah well no i was gonna say champ you're gonna need about seven to eight more of those pies but I'm, you know i'm talking to this man but uh that's an interesting call and it's interesting that canelo's doing this and talking to him i got the feeling on the inside like things he wasn't saying that he realizes rocky fielding is a light puncher not a great boxer very slow this seems to be a way for him to to try to say I won, I'm the tenth Mexican to win titles in three divisions or whatever. I don't see Canelo necessarily in a full time role at 168. Others, I heard Steve Farhood on the Mannix pod said he could easily see that. That's to be continued. We'll see. I think Canelo is more likely to stay at 160, yeah. if not maybe a Canelo weight fight against some like Spence or somebody one day. You know what I mean? Like, but again, those can't happen now that he's with the zone. So Rafe Triple G's got to go to the zone. It's got to happen. I mean, unless PBC throws a ton of money and he just feasts on smaller 154 guys the rest of the way. Like he fights Hurd, Charlo, Spence, and becomes an aging name for them. just doesn't seem like it's going to work that way, right? It just doesn't – I just don't see that. There's so many more options at middleweight for him. So many more international options where there seems to be a lot of pies across the across the pond. Um you know, going the DAZN route, where even, like I mentioned, Billy Joe Saunders, who's with Frank Warren, not a DAZN signed fighter, easily made the Andrade fight. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like the more, the more likely route. The, and we haven't seen for, we haven't seen too many big names like Triple G move over. I guess Manny was the, finally the first, uh, a good example of that. Uh, uh, one of these big aging names jump over to the Al Heyman side and, 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 sort of have a late career push over there. So it's hard to imagine Triple G doing it. But if it's there and the money is there, but if you also look at how DAZN is is spending right now, they are it seems like the the faucet is just open and money is pouring out and Triple G should go get some of that. I'll get some of that, you know. Are are you around? Are you free? We this, this, I I am available if anyone wants me to 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 call fights from a booth in Miami, uh anywhere in the world, I'll I'll just watch the fights and call them. Please let me know. Hit me up on the D or on the uh, on top of the low. Either way. Or just sit on my D, whatever it takes to get that <laughs> to happen. Um in closing on this zone talk, Rafe. Are we gonna get, is there any chance as fans, not journalists here, as fans, that, that we're gonna get swerved? That right now it sounds great. Pay-per-view's dead. Canelo to DAZN. All you need is 999, just like the WWE Network, and you're golden. That eventually there's gonna be a pay-per-view option. Like, could you really see Canelo Triple G3 for 999 on DAZN? How the heck are they gonna pay those two guys? Are we gonna eventually see this once a year, press this button to pay $50 for DAZN this month because you're going to get Canelo Triple G3. I hope so. Like I, like we were saying before, you I hope, hope so? they you stick hope to the they model. You hope they swerve us? 
What? You hope they swerve us? What are you talking about? No, I'm I'm hoping they give it to they they, they keep it on the they keep, they keep it on the app. Just let that don't don't no don't make an an a pay per view on top of it. Don't they can't if they want this thing to work or if they're serious about it and they don't have to be serious about. It, hey, a lot of things are just a cash grab. Uh, but if they are trying to prove something about this business model. They sort of have to keep those fights on the app. They do, they have to not think about it in terms of how are we going to pay off our expenses for this one huge fight where the fighters are going to need huge guarantees. We need to generate this ton of money because it's all going forward to building subscriptions and, and it, which is possible for DAZN because they're in all these different countries where they have different rights at different sports. I think that their aims are really to become a a major sports rights holder in the United States. Yes. Now, obviously, that's going to take a lot more money, and they're going to have to wait for deals to come up and see if they can compete with the big networks for that for for those kind of properties, the major team sports. But if that's the kind of money they have and are intending to spend, then they can probably take a little bit of an L on one of these big pay per views, whether it's uh, Canelo Triple G three or a uh, uh, you know Joshua Wilder, whatever comes up. Yeah, it's, it's interesting and, and maybe we'll see Lewis Ritson a few times for cheap to offset the price they're gonna pay, you know, one of these, uh, Triple G Canelo 3 situations. Um, they think Canelo just signing him will end up bringing a million subscribers. So, that's interesting. We've seen WWE, which I think is between a million and a half and two is their resting number now. And that's bringing in a ton of income for them at nine ninety nine every month. So if DAZN can get up in that million and a half range, I mean, this was sort of the stuff when DAZN first launched. You heard people who, you know, from the competitors saying, look, that's great, but who the heck's going to subscribe to them? Well, getting Canelo and AJ does change that. To close on Canelo, and I really mean it this time, Rafe, uh, the turnaround of three months to come back in Rocky Fielding, we sort of questioned it. We questioned why is he so quickly jumping up to 168 when it took him forever to jump to 60. I stood in front of him. That cut on his left eye is uh still pretty pretty fresh, the one from the Golovkin war. He said I, you could see it you could see it even in the videos. You could see that like it was still raw. So I mean I talked to Rocky Fielding, he said he's gonna target it. Canelo said, Hey, if it opens up, we'll just close it again. I, I'm not I don't, I'm not saying Canelo's setting up for a trap, but this is interesting. I, I you know, you would have thought Canelo being a, a a golden boy, quote unquote, would have waited until the spring, but the money was hot. He had an opportunity to launch on his own here. Uh, you worried at all about Big Red? From Big Red to Big Red, you worried? I'm not. No, I'm not worried. I hope he loses. Shoot, I don't care. Oh, how dare you? Why would I worry? Why would I be worried about him? He, he's making his own decisions. Some, he, he's also fighting a pie. I think uh, he'll probably be fine. And if he's not, it'll be fun to watch. All right, we did ask Al Bundy his thoughts on a potential trilogy fight. Uh, the Russian, I think, is is more to my liking. That's, okay, you know, that's, no. fair. that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right, Rafe, we're gonna get off of that. And before we get into the weekend preview, uh, Fury Wilder is heating up. It's still December 1st, pay-per-view LA. I'm going to be there. Your boy BC is going to be there. I'm going to be in your backyard, Rafe. All right? Eagle Rock. going to be staying in my backyard. Yes. Man, I got a little shed back here. It's, it's all good. Uh, you keep me in the cage? I, I might let you out, you know, if you listen to me very well. Yeah, all right, all right. Uh, there's a lot of sound bites that are heating up. And just to keep people up on things, uh, this Thursday, I believe, is a uh, Tyson Fury media workout day in L.A. that's going to be streamed live on Showtime's Facebook and YouTube uh, pages. We're going to see Deontay Wilder have his own on November 5th. But what we saw, Rafe, was a sound-producing machine that came out of Britain when they did their version of the Max Kellerman face-off. What is it called? It's BT Sport. What do they call that? Do you have any idea? 
Uh, the gloves are off, I, I believe. Isn't that a, an app involving uh, uh, Michelle Phelps? Oh, no, that's behind the gloves. That's behind yeah, the gloves. I, Although the gloves are off is the one with Johnny Nelson, and this had some other host. But it, it, look, there's so many gosh darn face-off rip-offs, and now face-off isn't ever going to come back. So I don't know what we call these things anymore. Well, what's funny is I have had an ear infection the last few days, Rafe. So I've been hopped up on the couch watching documentaries up the horn. And I watched all of the Legendary Knights HBO again. And one of them I, I always enjoyed, of course, was uh, Holmes Cooney. Because, you know, it was interesting that that heavyweight fight was presented so absurdly as white versus black. It was basically like they made the money off of making it a race war. I'm not saying that Fury Wilder has that potential, nor do I want it to be. But they're kind of turning it into this odd, almost spiritual war. Have you? Did you watch this entire, entire thing? I'm going to play just an excerpt that you sent me. But it's not your time, Tyson. This is my time. Definitely and it will not. forever be my time until I retire. I'm sorry to tell you that because I speak it, believe it, receive it. Speak it, believe it, receive it. Speak it, believe it, receive it. <laughs> and it's mine. Let me tell you, all that stuff you just said, you're already beat. Believe it. Anyone who has to have an alter ego and not be themselves in there and trying to get in someone's mind like that, you can't beat me. And if I'm not talking to Deontay Wilder, let me talk to the other person inside you, the bronze bomber. You're looking at a man who stands in the light. I can't be beat by any alter egos. I can't be beat. I've already beaten you. I've beaten you once and dusseled off. I'll beat you again in America. Never. Can't be done. I, I can't be beat. Even when you stand aside me, you feel I do speak it. I do feel it. And I do you say it energy. to I the know, world. Because I, I want the world to know the truth. <laughs> and people like you want them to know nothing. Look, we, we you might say, speak it, believe it, see it, but I don't know no, what you believe in. Believe it, receive I don't be- I know what you believe mind. in. You believe in something I don't. But that's the problem. And it, we and don't I'm, believe in the same things. And, we're from a different and this world. is where I don't like a you anymore. Culture. I came here today <laughs> thinking me and you were similar. But sitting around this table, I know that me and you are so worlds apart. Most definitely. Worlds apart. I look to nothing to come Nine inside years. me and win fights. Oh. Only the power of God above. That's it. And I get the power from that. I don't get the power from anything else. I don't need a second person to come and help me. I've already beaten people like you many, many times. I bump into people like you every single day of my life. And I give them the same answer. There's only one person. Do you know what I say to you? Ask and you shall receive. Ask and you shall receive. There's only one person. Oh, Rafe, it goes on and on. There's another uh, sequence playing off of what they said there where basically Fury's like, I believe in Jesus Christ. I don't need anything else. And then Fury, Wilder's basically saying he has that alter ego, the Bronze Bomber, that's an ancestral spirit. And there's a couple times where Wilder's eyes went like insane and Fury's like, I can see it. I can see the alter ego inside of you. This is becoming some kind of like weird, ra- uh, not race war, <laughs> spiritual war. Can you break this down for us? What's going on here? You you broke it down pretty well, Brian. What is going on is very strange. I don't it whatever mantra Deontay Wilder was broke into there. Speak a believer, receive it. Speak a believer, receive it. Speak a believer, receive it. And then he was talking in this that that long drawn out sort of hypnotist like like you're gonna see. Uh, And Fury, Fury, of course, kind of 
in some ways believing all of it and also dismissing all of it because it's like he is acknowledging that this is that this is a real thing happening in front of him but also saying you know don't put that evil on me Deontay Wilder don't put that evil on me Ricky Bobby I will slay the demons um I didn't think we were going to go. These guys are nuts, Brian. I'm I'm looking forward to the fight. (laughs) I didn't think we were going to go in this direction. I don't think we've seen this since what? Uh, The first Holyfield Tyson, was it? Or the second? When Holyfield was like... My God is stronger than your God. And it was like, it was like Christianity versus Muslim. It was like a little bit hairy in the wrong direction. And then of course it went in the other wrong direction with the air bite. But, uh, this is an interesting subplot. Not that I think any boxing player is going to jump on the spiritual warfare here, but, uh, I say this is interesting because do you remember the interview Wilder did with us? Um, after the second Stavern fight where I mentioned to him, like, dude, you were so scary in that one round when you mopped up Stavern that you look possessed. And he was like, it's the spirit of the bronze bomber coming over me. And he was like, I am possessed. There's, you know, and I, like, look, look, am I being overblown here? Him in that one round against Fat Stavern, like, he turned into a maniac, Rafe. Like, like a, like a possessed, like, different person. Am I making that up? I, I was never that impressed by that round. I mean, Stavern was just garbage in that fight. He, he just showed up out of shape, looking for the payday, uh, and, and he earned it because he got beat up pretty bad in a very short period well, of time. I felt that was the scariest version of Deontay by far. Like, the way he was like athletically leaping at him with these shots. If he, if he dials into that, if he gets the ancestral spirits coming out in the ring, can Fury field that? Can he defend that? This is a different part of the breakdown on the Q in the in the you know X's and O's than we've had to deal with in the past, right? Well, no, I actually think there's something to that in that 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 we don't see fighters like like Tyson Fury in the heavyweight division, a guy who's six nine but is essentially fights as a spoiler, right? His his entire from the moment a fight is signed and often oftentimes in the big ones before it is even signed up until they get in the ring and during the entire fight, it's almost like a long con he is playing on his opponent. Get it first getting into their head, then getting into the ring and move and, and all of his moving around, fainting, basically diffusing them, making them not fight their fight, not go after him because he's sort of bamboozling people. Uh, and it works. Uh, it, it, we've seen it work. If a fighter like Wilder just doesn't pay attention to it or it just sort of goes in all the, all the, all the head tricks don't phase him or they go over his head or he just, it just doesn't matter. And he comes in and just fights like that, like a possessed nutcase and throws a lot of big punches. I think that is the key to beating Tyson Fury. It's it, rather than sitting there and letting him do his thing and move around and sort of control the fights, basically play the spoiler. If Wilder does, whether it, whether it's because he's possessed or because he's just always going to fight one way, that actually is, I think, his best chance to to, to look good in this. That's fight. interesting because Fury beat Klitschko by doing a lot of things, but one of it was creating chaos because Klitschko yeah. likes to play in a in a zone that is you know controlled. But Wilder fares better within chaos than anyone we've ever met, and that's something that Wilder told him. He think I'm Klitschko. This ain't Klitschko. My mind too strong. This ain't Klitschko. I mean, he's, you know, he's the same Birdo. I mean, he, you know, give him the raw dog, isn't he? He's the real one. This is what I asked. This is what you're going to get. This is what you're going to get. This is what I want. The real deal. The raw dog. The same Birdo. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, I mean, there's some other gross sound you sent me. Uh, let me hit this. You at night sleeping and dreaming about me. Know this. I don't know when it's going to come, but it's going to come. And when it comes, 
Bam, baby. Good night. Wow, when it comes, it's it's going to be gross. And when it comes, Rafe, it's um, um, yeah, that was when he w- when he activated the bronze bomber spirit again, and he went in there. So hey, it's interesting. There's a lot of weird stuff that we're talking about here. Uh, I love this fight. I can't wait to to talk to these guys again. I I love everything about this fight. It's going to be insane. We don't know the undercard yet. Hopefully, we find out some news. We're going to get Chavez. We're going to get heard. What the heck are we getting on this undercard? But uh, you sent me some really interesting sound from the great. Late great Emmanuel Stewart. You may know him in the past from the show as. Oh my God! In 2012, he did a sit-down interview before his death in which he talked about Tyson Fury. There's a certain toughness inside of Tyson Fury. Don't ever, ever, ever miss me. Tyson I would say he's all great yesterday. But I know him personally. He's lived with me in my home, too. So uh, in his stadium, and I've trained Latimer. I've had them all together. He is maybe the toughest. So he went on to say that he also had, this is Stewart, also had David Price and Robert Hellenius in his camp. And said both of them he didn't think had the same inner toughness, which he was proved right. They both kind of disappeared. But that's very interesting about Tyson that he – now, this was, what, three years before Tyson would end up beating Klitschko, that he would see that – that. I mean, look, heavyweight boxing is wild, right? One punch can just knock you over. You, you certainly need skills like speed, power, technique. But sometimes you need intangibles, Rafe. Because we've seen a lot of Shannon Briggs, Michael Grants. We've seen a lot of guys who seem to have what you needed, and they were missing a certain intangible. Even Mike Tyson was missing a certain intangible. Emmanuel saw that in Fury. He might have it, Rafe. He might have it. Well, this is – I mean, this is we're, – we're actually going to find out. And and we're going to see if, if this is all – this comeback is kind of a money grab, a con, or if, he, or if it's real. And, and – you know, with with Tyson Fury, it's almost genius the way he does it because I could convince myself that he doesn't even know whether it's real or not, and he changes his own mind from day to day and and how his he's really approaching things. So he's he he does create so much uncertainty in his behavior, in his in his statements, in in and then in, in the ring that you just really don't know what to expect in that and then he uses that to his advantage. He's a really interesting fighter. Yeah, and don't forget where he's from. I don't live in Beverly Hills or whatever. I live in the asshole of nowhere. I don't know if you've ever been there. Oh, I've been in there many times. Wow. Oh, to close, um, remember you sent me that awesome sound that the great trainer Nazim Richardson had on Porter ahead of that fight with, yeah. with uh, Danny Garcia. You know, don't let him on your don't let him on your porch. Uh yeah, you sent me uh, him talking about Deontay Wilder. Good lord, get ready for this. Deontay, I'll be real with you. His farm animals, he can knock the fuck out. <laughs> Deontay hit anything solid with a pulse. If Deontay hit anything solid with a pulse and a lung, they're gonna wiggle. You can get and what I mean by that is you can you I'm saying you can go down to Philadelphia Zoo and, and lean over the cage and let Deontay get a clean shot. Some of them motherfuckers is going. You know what I mean? I wow. And we know that's true now, having seen him knock out the mascot. Yeah, he knocked out a burrito. 
wow, that is that is bang left right. Good night. Wow, Rafe. Yeah. Wow. All right. Hey, we got to roll through some uh, quick weekend review. It was a weird weekend. <laughs> there were some fights. There were a lot of fights. You mentioned it. Uh, Ryo Murata had his Triple G Tokyo Dome dream spoiled in Las Vegas. ESPN Plus when Canadian Rob Brandt, who, again, you may remember from getting knocked out by the husk of Jurgen Brommer during that uh, uh, WBSS Super Middleweight Tournament, he was back at middleweight for the secondary WBA regular title, and he straight up outworked Ryota Murata in a pretty fun fight to win an exceptionally wide decision, Rafe. Like 119-109 on two of the cards, and I think the third card was pretty close. Did you enjoy this fight? Were you surprised by this? Is Rob Brandt going to do anything? I mean, he ain't getting Triple G, I'll tell you that much, right? Well, unless you can fight him in Tokyo in front of all of Ryota Murata's <laughs> fans, yeah, and there's still all that money there, he might get him. Um Hey, good for Rob Brandt. Great performance. He, he he fought an an insane work rate. Was just constantly throwing punches and kept it up over twelve rounds. The scores were wide, but Murata didn't look good, and and nobody thought that he he would deserve that. Murata deserved to win. It was a little strange that the the, the scorecards were so wide, and maybe not the best. If you wanna now, this was not really a close fight in the same ways that some of these others were. But there is this this sentiment growing in boxing that if you're a foreign fighter, you ain't getting the decision in a big fight in Vegas. Now, this is I don't know if you call the ESPN Plus card a big fight in Vegas, but it was a, cha- a quote unquote championship fight in Vegas. Vegas. It was the, the the main event of this card, and another foreign fighter getting w- even worse scorecards than he deserved. Although he probably did deserve to lose. Um, who I don't know, man. I look. I crapped on this fight last week. Our guy, the corner man, Evan Corn. We go back and forth every time I crap on a fight. He he hits me up and lets me know, hey, you're wrong, you're wrong, and kind of talks me back into it. And then sometimes he's right, sometimes I'm right. I think I'm gonna put this one on my side of the ledger. That this was the, that 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 Murata was was never nothing to, to, to really pay too close attention to. Wow, um, you telling the corner man's about to be? Uh, he's gonna start touching L's after this or what? I mean, well, he was totally right after. I crapped in Antonio Orozco and uh, uh, fighting uh, that 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 junior middleweight fight with um, dude oh, Jose Ramirez. That was awesome. That junior war they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great um, fight. You were wrong. So, man. so we're even. We're even. We're even. You know. Did you watch uh, Maxim? I love your dad, Ashev. Uh, take a decision, a hard fought decision against Antonio Demarco at one forty. Look, DeMarco, I don't know if it takes a, a, a little bit of the shine off of, uh, you know, I love your dadashev or if it, um, if it's, uh, if Antonio DeMarco still has, you know, he's still a high level gatekeeper. We'll have to see, but he got through the fight and it's sort of one of those things. If he's a prospect like that, win, win today, look good tomorrow, right? Let's break out the cliches. I'm ready. Right. He won the story of the fight, Brian. Good Lord. Uh, so is Rob Brandt's a Greg – back to Rob Brandt for a second because he's got the WBA bootleg title. He's a Greg Cohen promoted fighter. Oh, nice. Um, there's a rematch clause should uh, your boy Murata want it. We going to see Brandt get into zone and get, get that get that soul taken by one of the uh, eight middleweights they have there or not? 
he should do whatever's best for him. Make a little bit of money with that belt, whatever that means. Go I don't back, know how much money the belt to Murata, and let Triple G fight the winner, maybe. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Nobody cares. Let's stop talking about it. Rafe, let's get into this uh, DAZN card from Boston. How deep down this undercard did you go? Because that's DAZN's calling card. They'll give you the full Monty. You'll get the full dong if you want it. Did you see this, uh, this, uh, this, this, this fight that really can only be described as UFC are a bunch of skinhead white guys watching people in the ring who are also look like skinhead white <laughs> guys. Did you see the six round skinhead white guy fight between Niall Kennedy and Brendan Barrett heavyweights? Did you watch this at all? Oh, Brian, I, there's a lot of boxing on this weekend. I kept it pretty strictly to the, 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 the main, the, the televised undercards and the, and the mains. Dude, they brawled out of control. It wasn't quite like Brian Minto, Vinnie Madalone type level, but like one dude did like a judo hip toss to the ground. Did you see that Boston accented old white guy ref with the white hair that was like, Stop that effing shit. Stop that effing shit. I'll throw you, I'll throw you the F out of here. And then they just brawl to the finish. Anyway, my, that's my point of, uh, sometimes you gotta watch the early stuff cause you'll get the gold right there. You'll get the damn gold. Uh, Scott Quigg bounced back with a big knockout win. Seemed like in a one-sided matchup. Did you enjoy that? Or Tommy Coyle beating Ryan Kilczewski at all? No, I didn't enjoy yeah. it. This is, this is, what, who cares, man? Yeah, I'm straight up. I mean, uh, I don't care. I don't care. You know, I don't care about my chief's life. I don't care about his people. I don't care about his family. I don't care about them. Um, Tevin Farmer uh, was dressed in a. Uh, is that from the Orlando Cruise Line? That was that was like fantastic. Oh, like, oh, no, no, it's oh, very, it was very. Oh, co- no, no, I don't. No, I'm not oh, saying. I don't oh, mean that. Come man. on, I don't. I mean, come on. It's just very colorful. I loved it. Uh he put on a uh, a hurting on James uh, Tennyson with a fifth round stoppage to the body. Hey, I was trying to avoid that this Tevin Farmer thing is real. I might have to start watching his fights. He's putting things together, Rafe. Yeah, look, I still want to see him fight somebody decent. Like he's he's getting these wins over oh pretty bad competition. I mean, going like sure he got he beat Billy Dib. He had to go to Australia to do it, but beating Billy Dib is not like. Back when I remember seeing Evgeny Gradovich do it a way back, sending Billy Dib to hell, and it's just one of those things where yeah, I, I don't know, I don't put too much stock into it. Uh, similar for this guy, um, James Tennyson. Uh, I, I don't even know how he got a cronk patch on them shorts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he he had a terrible haircut. Uh, very game kid, you know, got got beat to hell in the body. But and and Farmer looks good. He's a slick fighter. He's smart. He's learned on the job. We like these kind of fighters. We want to see them succeed. I also want to see him in some good fights. It's a good. This is a good, good division, right? We have coming up the uh, the uh, Bel the, the Alacran. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Miggy Roman versus uh, uh, Scorpion. Uh, One thirty. Used to fight. Burchelt, Miguel Burchelt, yeah, Alacran, come on. I, I use nicknames here. I'm on the, uh, I'm, I'm on that tip. Anyway, but yeah, 130 is a hot division and, uh, there's some good fights out there. And so let's see Tevin Farmer start getting into them. I know there's been a long simmering Tank Davis, uh, oh, feud, make that but fight. Make not, that. Who knows what's going on hey, with Hey, what is going on right now in this, uh, Mayweather promotions, uh, do you see that that uh Tank is basically subtweeting Floyd at will and it looked like Ishe Smith was getting his back in in the Floyd sub subtweeting? Have you been watching this? I, I don't follow it too closely because it's just it's just drama. It's just drama. It's just social media drama. If it's real, then they'll fit they'll sort it out one way or another. It seemed like a low blow though. It's not a blow, not a blow blow. 
it's, it's not a blow blow, Brian. Um, it seems I don't know. Do you think there's any truth to that original rumor that uh, Tank messed around with uh, somebody in Floyd's family and that got Floyd mad and you know? I look, nothing would surprise me. Uh, because but you saw we, Oscar. We have no way to know. Did you see Oscar tweet at Tank come to the zone? And then Leonard came out and was like, dude, he's under contract. What the hell are you doing? You can't tweet that out. And then DeBella got in and they were just like out of control. Look, if, if Oscar wants to meet with Gervonta in a car and hand him a briefcase full of a million dollars <laughs> cash, that's fine. These things happen. That's life. All right. Katie Taylor, uh, defended her pair of women's lightweight titles against Cindy Serrano by decision. And, uh, Conor McGregor was ringside in Boston to chair her on along with your guy, Gary Spike O'Sullivan. Uh, Rafe, the interesting thing here is that Serrano's sister, Amanda, who is the first women's boxer to win titles in six divisions, just had her MMA debut with Combate Americas, which is also streaming on Zone and DAZN and, uh, One Handily says, Almost in a Klitschko, E. Klitschko type deal here. I want to avenge this. I want Katie Taylor. Hey, Lou DeBella, let's make this fight. I know you don't care about Katie Taylor beating Cindy Serrano handily, but Amanda, she can fight. This would be an interesting fight. I think this would get on my radar. All right, like Cindy Serrano, I love your sister, but let's get it on. <laughs> like uh Clarissa Shields, Christina Hammer, which by the way is postponed now because of an injury to Hammer that was supposed to be on Showtime coming up. I want to see that fight. I care about that fight. That's a women's boxing match I care about. Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, I do. You, you're stuck back in like the 30s. You're like, hey, Katie Taylor, cook, make me a sandwich, then I'll watch your fight. Uh, you know what? Oh. Uh, how dare you say these things out loud on a podcast, Brian? I disagree wholeheartedly. I, I, I look. I want to see good fights. If they make good fights, I'll watch good fights. All right, all right. I mean, I know you're feeling it. <laughs> you're feeling it. That's right. To watch yourself. Yeah, just watch. Just, just, just watch yourself. Uh, the main event was Demetrius Andrade, boo boo, winning the vacant WBO middleweight title that Billy Joe Saunders was forced to give up, beating Walter. Yeah, it was not that. I mean, it's a big, long name, but oh, watch out. Uh, it is a difficult to, it's a lot. It's, <laughs> now, now I'm stuck in all the innuendos. So that, uh, the name. It's, but it's not, it, it's not that difficult, right? It's Katandakwa. Katandakwa. <laughs> okay, apparently you're going to do it in the old William Detloff Japanese announcer voice. <laughs> totally ripped that bit off right there, definitely. Um, so this turned out to be a fun fight, yet I still see so much boo-boo hate on my timeline. Dude, Andrade was knocking Katandakwa down left and right early in that fight. We almost saw a double knockdown there, I think, about round four. Dude, Walter's got a hella chin to be able to go the full 12 here. He showed us something, but the reality is nobody knows or cares who he is. If the reality of this fight was Demetrius needed a big, you know, kind of showcase to reannounce himself, to show in the first fight is the zone deal that he's a player, that he can fight a Canelo down the road. Hey, I think it was successful, Rafe. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I was a little surprised or I felt that the, the amount of, of hate and Andre was getting over going the distance in this fight was a little overblown. I, I understand that. He, he had the guy down that many times. There's this sense that you should just finish him. But you look at that 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 second knockdown, I believe in the second round or the third round, where Andre just turned and caught him perfect with that left. And and 
Cotton Dockwell went down and was in deep, deep trouble. I mean, he, like, they were, like, all, the entire crew, Brian Kenny, Sugar Ray Leonard, and, and, and Sergio Morio are all saying, oh, that's it. He's done. He looks, you know, he's out. Uh, Steve Willis let him continue. And, and Willis was right. The guy had some, some balls and some ability to recover. Uh, and so to, to not be able to finish a guy who was fighting with that much heart, uh, I don't really hold that against, uh, Boo Boo. And I thought Boo Boo looked Good, sharp against a guy who clearly with that double knockdown, Katsundakwa did have some power despite being crude and, and not nearly as, as you know, uh, skilled overall as Andre. The guy has balls. Yeah, Walter got balls. Like a tough, tough gang member. Uh, dude, I think overall I was actually impressed by Boo Boo to be away for while taking crap fights in between, I know Walter's not a killer, but the craft he showed, I felt like would have been great against anybody. Look, he's a southpaw who's long, can put together quick combos, can jab from distance if he's in trouble, if he needs to, and seems to have pretty good pop. I know he's taken souls of guys like Brian the Lion Rose. We, we do need to see him, you know, knock down a Charlo before we're going to be like, no, he's a killer, but he's a tough Swiss army knife for Jacobs for Canelo for any of those guys and if these are future DAZN matchups sign me the heck up hey I still want to see him against BJS uh, if BJS ever gets in the ring again sure I don't, I don't look that was the other thing that drew that that I thought was interesting about the commentary on this fight people acting as if the now the, the Andrade BJS fight would have been a more competitive perhaps more interesting from a purist and more meaningful uh in the division standpoint but in terms of pure entertainment this this fight against Walter Kaltendakwa was more fun to watch than the BJ Saunders sort of chess match slow chess match this was not going to be high speed chess it was going to be slow chess match if Saunders uh hadn't popped dirty and had to pull out of the fight uh, I didn't, I only saw the highlights of the Orlando, Florida DAZN card, which was the next stop on the WBSS quarterfinals for both weight classes. We'll start first with, uh, you know, who, what you love to do, which is cruise together. The Doritos man, Unie Dordicos, defeated Matus Masternak. Tell me about this performance, Rafe, to advance to the semis of the WBSS. So it looked like Dordicos is still the same guy that we saw last year and the years before still basically had the same 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 style really only going to come at you with that with those long arms and that great one two uh, over and over and over again just keep hammering away at that he did work the body a little bit more in this fight i thought that was good i I thought that i I thought that while um masternak was competitive in the rounds he didn't he wasn't really winning many rounds and thought that the cards were a little closer than the fight um had to be but at the same time it it it, i even though dordicos looked like himself and and he and got the win i think it continued sort of taking the shine off of Dordicos that, that he is not really this, or not always this huge destroyer. This guy, another guy who he was beating throughout still managed to survive, had some moments of success, went the distance with him. The KO doctor didn't put him down, even though his power did control the fight. He's maybe not as scary an opponent as we thought after he sent Dmitry Kudryashov, the, the Russian hammer to hell, right? So that, 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 if that was the moment when we're like, oh my God, Dornico, this guy, whoa, 
that is slowly going down, 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 down to we just know he's a good fighter and he'll be in the top five at that division for throughout his prime. Are we setting up a uh, Dordicos Myris Bridus final? Like who does Dordicos fight next in this bracket? He, he so Dordicos gets Tabidi next. So Tabidi won his well, first round, fight. and it, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a huge step up for Tabidi. And if he and if he wins, then man, then then we actually have to start taking Andrew Tabidi seriously. Wow. Wow, I want to see that. I want to see the bang on that. Uh, did you happen to watch the, uh, how deep in the undercard, which was called by the law firm of Flores and Flores, uh, Ray Flo and, uh, Raskin's boy BJ? Did you see the Keith Tapia, Mike Perez cruiserweight bout? I caught just the last round and I saw Mike Perez. He's still looking in shape. He's kept trim. Good for him. I, I don't know what kind of, uh, clombuterol he's eaten, but it's the good stuff. He's, he's, uh, he's oxy ripped all the way. Yeah. Wow, um, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Uh, the, in the uh, main event, Emmanuel Rodriguez defended his IBF bantamweight title against Jason Maloney to advance to the semifinals where he must face the monster Rafe. Niowa Inoue was in the building. They faced off. I'll admit to you, I did not watch this fight. What do you got for me? So people heading in. I saw some of the respected boxing voices I follow on Twitter were set, were, were, were saying that Emmanuel Rodriguez to them is the most dangerous fight for Inoue in this tournament. And he looked good. He looked very sharp in the early rounds, but talk about a kid from down under who has balls and fights like a tough gang member. And this Maloney kid. Fits the bill. He was really he he had a real spirited effort. Found his way back into the fight, uh, really just through effort, grit, getting inside, working the body, throwing 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 combinations when he could. He didn't he didn't win, and I thought again the cards were closer than like I don't think he deserved a a a to to a, a, a split decision loss. I thought that Rodriguez deserved a, a you know like a sort of like an eight four unanimous decision win but he Rodriguez faded a little bit going down the stretch he got seemed to get a little tired um it was a good fight it, it, it was it, it was with one guy being just at a little bit higher level than the other but both guys really competing now you don't get the now there's a little bit of recency bias with with Inoue looking just frightening with that one two that destroyed Payano in the last in his in his win in the first round of this tournament you compare that to a guy winning a tough 12 round decision clearly and you think well I mean obviously Inouye is going to destroy this guy maybe not maybe not that you know Rodriguez is sharp he's going to move he's not going to be a sitting duck for Inouye so that that side of it is gonna is going to be interesting to see play out but it's hard to watch this weekend's fight and think that Emmanuel Rodriguez is going to beat Naoya Inoue. It's just very hard to get that picture. Who has potential to face Inoue in the final? I'm I'm not well woke on the other side of the bracket. Are you off? So the other side of the bracket is uh, well, Zolani Tete has already oh, he already yes. won his first round, and we know what he likes to do. If I catch you with those, I will sing the lullaby song for you. And he'll 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 put you right to sleep there, Ray. Right. If if he catches you with his with his right, he will sing the lullaby song for you. I love that quote. Um, That's borderline so, hello grandpa right there. I love that. Yeah, yeah, he'll sing the lullaby song. Uh, so Tete already he did not sing the lullaby song to anyone, and he won by decision uh, last week or the week before against a little Armenian guy that was four and zero and not nearly as good as he uh, hoped to be. Um, and then. Uh, with uh, a Thailand guy. Uh, 
So he, he won't be facing a Thailand guy in the semis. But if my guy, Nonito Donaire, can pull off an upset of UK's Ryan Burnett, or is he from Belfast? I don't know, one of these, these, these com- British Commonwealth guys. Ryan Burnett and Donaire is the other side of the, is the last, uh, quarterfinal fight in the WBSS bantamweight. So uh, he might not fight a Thailand guy, but Tete could fight a Philippines guy, uh, or he'll fight Ryan Burnett, which is much more likely. All right, Rafe, uh, to, to, to trim up on the other news we wanted to get to, this Pack Broner potential is huge. And now that Pack is officially with Heyman, all the hopes and dreams we want of some fun fights down the stretch can happen. Pack Broner is friggin' fantastic, not just from a slop filth point of view and the potential of a fun build, but I don't even know what that fight would look like. But my most important question to you is if they do that January 19th on Showtime pay-per-view, what's that potential for the buys? This is where it's interesting because people still consider Manny a pay-per-view brand, but I think he's only a pay-per-view brand as a B-side with a huge name. I, I mean, on his own in the Jesse Vargas, Brandon Rios level fights, he's only doing 300K, but what could he do with Broner? Do you think 700K is realistic? That sounds high, being that we've never even seen Broner on pay-per-view, right? Um, but he is one of the most well-known fighters in the sport, even if uh, a lot of Broner's fame is based really on infamy and and stupid social media antics. But still, he's he's a real name. So I would I would I would put it at five to six hundred k, and. That would be good for that. That's not a bad number. I mean, that's only a bad number compared to the old Mayweather Pacquiao numbers. But everything else, that that's solid. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's going to be a big test in the DAZN era of what this fight does. I'm fired the heck up for it. Again, I don't really know who's going to win either. And that's why it's really good. You never know what you're going to get with Broner. You don't know how much of that Manny Matisse fight was fool's gold. Very, very excited. But, Rafe, the biggest news of the week for you, me, for boxing people everywhere. You want to talk about Golden Boy had a big week with getting Canelo signed to DAZN, with bringing their whole damn stable to DAZN. Heck, Rafe, even bigger than that is (laughs) Nico Messias, they come to snuff the rooster, yeah! Rafe, he ain't gonna die. He has signed a multi-fight deal with Golden Boy. You can watch the local news clip in LA, uh, uh, about it. And his first fight under the deal, get yourself fired up, is JSK Jesus Sotokaras. What is, that's coming up soon too, right? November 8th is the date that they, that, that the rooster said in the interview. Now it's not announced on anyone's website yet, but assuming that he know, has a good idea when he's fighting next, then he's going to be headlining. I think it maybe one of those ESPN cards, the golden boy on ESPN. Oh, cards yeah, it's JSK. Be the last one, that I think. Is it is the last one on the deal? I, I don't know. Maybe it is, but gosh, good God, that is an awesome TV fight. That's as I mean, good as it gets. And I mean, first of all, we know that, that, uh, our guy Nico protects women. Leave me the hell alone tonight. Please leave her alone. He'll get, you know, he'll do that. We know that he, he can drink. I, the question now is how many beers will Nico and his brothers and his father and maybe his sister have tonight in celebration? We also know he'll bang if he has to. Him and his brother used to bang it out all the time. Now you. But Rafe, can he handle the husk of Wash JSK? Like I feel, I mean, JSK will go shirtless in a in a casino uh, and and take you out if he has to. This feels like a like like a hell trap fight. 
I don't know if it's a trap fight. It's it's exactly what these guys should be doing. Uh, uh, yes, is there a possibility that that Soto Caras is still good enough to give a lot of trouble, maybe even expose or beat Nico Macias? Sure, that is a possibility. But I want to see him in fights like this. I want to see how this crazy style, squaring up and throwing 200 punches around, I want to see how that works at higher and higher levels of the sport. And I, I'm sure we will eventually see it peter out because it just, it just, it, it, it contradicts everything we know about high level boxing. But God damn it, it's insane and I want to see more of it. <laughs> we, we, we gotta bang him a little bit. I mean, we're not banging him. Rafe, there'll be so much damn banging in this fight. I cannot wait. Wow. All right, Rafe. Before we get to the great Badu Jack, we got to play my favorite game in yours. Weekend preview. Do you care edition? Another light weekend of interesting selections. And we start in the boxing hotbed Saturday. Sofia Bulgaria on ESPN+. Plus. You know what? This is where this deal gets fun and interesting for random Euro fights like this. Kubra Pulev versus Huey Fury. 12 rounds for the IBF heavyweight eliminator, basically the number one contender spot for the title that Anthony Joshua has. Wow! Love this fight, Rafe. We were supposed to see Pulev against Joshua last fall, right? He had a pullout with injury. We saw Takam instead. Fury fought to a, uh, was it a draw against, uh, Parker? Or was it like yes. a close decision loss? Um, maybe close decision loss. In which he tried the Tyson Fury style. This could be interesting and fun. Who do you like in this one? I am a, look, I'm a Kubrat Pulev guy. I like him. I, I got, I don't know. I just, I like, he bangs. He's, no, he's a, he's a, he's solid, he's a solid heavyweight. He's got a little bit of power. He comes to fight. He's, he, he, he boxes responsibly, but he's not super boring. And he takes outrageous boudoir photography pictures of himself and his like Bulgarian starlit wife. If you look him up on Google Images, I listen to what I'm telling you. I know this game. You will see Kubrat Pulev looking real weird with his shirt off in bed with some ladies. Uh, do you know his brother? This is like a Fabian Maidana situation. 35-year-old Tervel Pulev. A cruiserweight who's 11 and 0 with 10 KOs. He's on that undercard, Rafe, against Leonardo Bruzesi. Uh, we're going to see, uh, uh, him and his brother used to bang it out a lot. We're going to see a double bang from, uh, Kubrat and Tervel to, to come home happy here. I, it, it's what Bulgaria wants. Uh, but there you go. And in the fight, uh, I, I, I'm not a big Huey, Huey Fury fan. He's like the bootleg Tyson Fury. Um, so I'm afraid he's going to try and make this fight boring. He's probably going to succeed on some level. I hope I hope Pulev gets through it somehow, and he's fighting at home, so that'll help because Huey Fury is probably not going to knock him out there. And if he and if you're trying to get a, a a win on the cards in Bulgaria against the only Bulgarian boxer of note, I don't know how that's going to turn out. But good, let Pulev move on. Let him get into the mix with these other heavyweights who are interesting and good. He almost got to fight Jarrell Miller, except Miller didn't want to go to Bulgaria. And so let's let's get Cooper Pulev in the mix because he's a real test for some of these guys. I love Kubrat Pulev. I still wanted to see what that Joshua fight looked like. If he beats Fury here, we may end up seeing that. That might be inside of in, in the zone. You may end up seeing that down the road. Interesting fight here on the plus ESPN plus. But Saturday night, hey, pretty damn good fight here. New York HBO, one of the final HBO cards. Is this this is a Long Island card, right? Uniondale, Long Island, I believe. Yes, sir. 
Sergey Derevyanchenko, the technician, versus Danny Jacobs for the vacant IBF strap, the one stripped from Golovkin for his choice in facing Marta Rosian. Rafe, I watched the HBO preview show, and I, I, I anyone out there, the Road Two or whatever they call it, go watch it. I didn't know a ton about Derevyanchenko. It was cool to learn about him. It may after watching that show, you're fired up for this fight. This is going to be a fun, even fight on paper, Rafe. Danny Jacobs is the boy. Uh, look, I, I, I don't know what to make of Derevinchenko. We have never, oh, the best fight we've seen him in is beating up old Toriano Johnson. I don't know. I know that Debella has the, the, the three highfalutin journalists in New York who he likes to call on the phone and talk up Derevinchenko for, and they're writing this on their weird blogs. I don't really care about that. I don't care about Derevinchenko or his life. Let's see him <laughs> win a fight that I care about, and then we can get to something with him. But uh, you do you do you think you think this is a fifty fifty fight? You think this is even Not you're 50, that low 50, on you think you're that low on Danny Jacobs now after you're saying you think he's as good as basically Triple G and Canelo? Now he's down to being on the same level as this guy. First of all, Danny Jacobs is going to stop Canelo. You heard him say that already on the show. It's going to happen. He speak it, see it, believe it. I'd stop Canelo. I'd knock Canelo up. Uh, but look, Marius Sukletsky, whatever you're going to call that guy, Macius, uh, Nico. Maciej Mac- Suletsky. Nikias Macio Suletsky, uh, gave him a really tough fight and landed a lot of flush shots. Maybe Daniel Jacobs just wasn't up, up for that as much. But here's the thing. Watching Dear Vinchenko, doing a little research on him. The guy can fight. The guy's got technique. The guy seems like he's really tough. I think there's a tough fight. Not 50-50. Jacobs should win this fight. This is for Jacobs to win, but it's going to be a tough out. He's going to have to use that power and dig in and fight. I'm looking forward to a fun fight, Rafe. That's what, that's all I'm really saying to you. I'm fired up for this. I, I um, It's going to be tough to see the last few days of HBO as they die off. I felt like HBO should have just went off in a blaze of glory. Just been like, we're done. It's over. They don't want to do 40 40 year anniversary retrospective specials, it seems. They just want to die this slow death in front of us, which is going to be painful. Hopefully this makes it less painful that we get a fun fight because there's big business ahead in DAZN at middleweight. I mean, Jacobs wins this. You're going to be talking about him maybe next fall against Canelo, right? Like this could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Look, and and it's funny. I mean, I'm I'm usually the one who's down on Danny Jacobs, but I just – it's hard when – you just haven't seen it. You know, I've never seen this guy bang before. Got to bang. We're not, we're not banging enough. Uh, do you care about the co-main Alberto Machado versus Yuandale Evans for Machado's WBA bootleg junior lightweight regular title? No. I don't, no. don't care. Don't How about care. the Heather the Heat Hardy Shelly Vincent rematch for the vacant WBO women's featherweight title? I will say they banged last time. Like this was a brawl. I think it was on an NBC Sports TV, uh, PBC card possibly. Anyways, do you care? You know, it's a lot of boxing this weekend. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and sit that one out. Wow. Continuing on this weekend, in the zone, Rafe from Nolens, friend of the program, Regis Progre takes on Taddy Flanagan, junior welterweights, part of the WBSS quarterfinals. First round of this tournament, Progre the 140 king. But I really like this matchup, Rafe. We've seen Flanagan before had his first defeat in his last bout against Hooker. Making hooker headlines in Manchester when he lost that split decision to me. This is going to be good theater. This is going to be a good fight. I agree, Brian, but I don't want to, I don't want to take anything away from Terry Flanagan. He's a solid operator, a top bloke, but I think the real question in this fight is how long will it take Progray to get him out of there? Progray is just faster, be- better, stronger, 
heavier hands. And, and Flanagan is a very tough, experienced guy, but he's really there as a measuring stick to see just how nasty is Regis Progre. And, you know, he's putting pictures, Progre is putting pictures of himself, not videos of himself up on Twitter. No stick going picks. around. No stick what? pics. Bro, no stick pics. No, no stick. No, not even. Not stick pics. Snake pics. Snake pics. He's going up there. He's going through the woods catching snakes like like Jean-Claude Van Damme in Hard Target. I mean, this is some <laughs> Bayou stuff, man. I'm loving it. Wow, wow. Oh, uh, wait. I didn't get your uh, – before we get it, finish this out, uh, back on that New York HBO card, we didn't do predictions on Dear Vincenco Jacobs. I like Jacobs by a tough-ass decision. What about you? Well, I've already – crapped on this so i kind of just have to live the lie here and put my neck out there and possibly be made stupid by a fighter in derevinchenko who has a really good amateur pedigree and might be very good i just haven't seen it yet against a high level of competition but i crapped on it so i'm gonna keep crapping baby and i'm taking jacobs by comfortable decision in a pretty unspectacular fight but he gets the win wow. and moves on calls out canelo Starts touching some real M's. Wow, I think it's the opposite. I think he's going to have to knock Derevinchenko down. I think he's going to have to fight with his back against the ropes at times. I think it's going to be a fun decision. And then in the end... Well, you ain't even touching M yet. I'm touching M's. He's touching M's. Uh, one more fight to open that card before we close. I'm going backwards to go forwards here. But the opening fight of the night in Uniondale, Long Island on that HBO undercard... Patrick Day versus Willie Nelson, 10 rounds junior middleweights, former friend of the program on our rope Snapchat days. You know, on the, on Snapchat, it tells you who's watching your damn snaps. Shout out to Willie Nelson who once took Tony Harrison's soul. He was watching us every day. Yeah, we had quite a streak going on with Willie Nelson on the Snapchat. Uh, and, and I love him for it. You talk about someone who got Really beat up bad by Demetrius Andre. That was one of Andre's best performances, most impressive back when he took Willie Nelson's soul. Uh, look, I- I'm all for Willie Nelson, man. Keep that career going. Long range. He's at 154. Is he up yeah. to 160 now? Well, he's 154. He's only 31 somehow. <clears throat> well, he's not, he's been around a long time, but he's never gotten over the hump. So it's the guys who are in that middle range, they feel like they stick around forever because they're never, Really moving forward. Oh, I'm knocking stuff off the desk. I'm so hyped up. That was like the time your your balls went numb or something. Remember that hey, weird? That, come on, leg? that was a that was a that was a hamstring cramp. All right, we've all been there. I'd watch Willie Nelson rematch Vonis. That was a fun fight. That was ringside for that. All right, back to that uh, Progray card. Look, this is Progray's fight to win. But Terry's a little bit slick. He's aggressive. I think that aggression is going to play against him. I think we see Regis Progray get the stoppage in a fun fight because. You can't have a Rougarou fight that's not fun. And I also think he's going to announce himself. We already know he's the 140 king. He's going to announce himself as the clear favorite with this performance. Because Flanagan's a tough first-round matchup. Oh, wow. There is, a, there is a Scottish gentleman named Josh Taylor who has a thing or two to say about oh, that. Probably However, coming for that Brit soul right there, all right? They are, hey, he's, he's Scottish, all right? He, that's part of the UK. He he's not, not into, the, into the Marmite. Uh, yeah, I think, to me, I think... Progray and, and Josh Taylor are 1A, 1B, and that's what I love about this tournament. Tournament. I don't really know who I favor yet. Each time the next guy fights, I think, oh, man, he might be better than the other. So I, I expect that to happen if, if Progray looks good. But then the great thing is Josh Taylor fights the week after this, and we're going to get to see him, see if he can look good against, what, Ryan Martin. It's true. Very true. Uh, co-main event, WBSS quarterfinals. Also in the 140 bracket, this is the less sexier of the two. Ivan Baranchik 
versus Anthony Yidget for the vacant IBF 140 title. Rafe, uh, yeah, I don't really care. You? I like Anthony Yigit's, uh nickname. Can you dig it? It reminds me of the Warriors. Can you dig it? Shaq used to say that all the time. Other than that, I don't give a damn. Okay. Uh, Baranchik is 25 from Rushka. Uh, this is a chance for him to win a belt, move on, maybe lose to Rougarou one day. He's from uh, – he lives in Belarus. Uh he knocked out Peter Petrov, former uh, Buxeo champion. So I guess there's there's. I that. believe that's Buxino, not Buxeo. Oh yeah, I mean it's all relative, right? Sorry, shout out to the to the to the Godfather there, uh, our guy. Who's that? Palulo? Yeah, Artie Palulo, the man. That's my that's my guy. All right, that that's it for that. Rafe, do you care about this zone card in London as John Ryder faces Andre Sorokin in a super middleweight WBA eliminator? No, 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 no. But you do no, care no, no. about the co-main. I'm Jim Gray in that one. The big cheese, Ted Cheeseman against Asinia Byfield for the vacant Brutish Junior Middleweight turn title. We should be all in on the cheese man, right? I, I, it's hard not to love the cheese man. A good name. Good name. Check out the zone for that. Uh, the other offerings this weekend, do you care about Ray from Culicon, Mexico, home of the Chavez family? Bootleg brother Omar Chavez, our guy. Ten round middleweight matchup against Nicholas Lukes. Do you care? Yeah, brother fights are right up there with old guy fights in our wheelhouse. Yes, yes. I feel like I've asked you about this fight before, but in Madrid, Spain, it's Mark Vidal versus Kiko Martinez. Twelve rounds, a rematch for Vidal's European featherweight title. Did that just happen like two weeks ago? I still don't care. I still don't care. All right. Uh, let I think it's Monday. Yeah, Monday, Monday on ESPN Plus, Ray, from Manila, Philippines. My final last question for you. Felix Alvarado versus Randy Petalcorin. 12 rounds for the vacant IBF Junior Flyweight title. You know, I, I want to care. I feel like I, it's a part of my brand to care, but I don't really care about yeah, this whatever. fight, man. This, what a weird week for boxing. We got nothing to say. Hey, let's see if it, Badu Jack has anything to say. Friend of the program, Ripper Nutrition. Let's throw it to him right now. Enjoy. Badu Jack, the Ripper, my man, Brian Campbell, Rafe Bartholomew, CBS Sports. How you doing? Good, good. How you doing? We are doing great. Great to get to chat to you with you again, especially coming off big news for the brand, as they say. <laughs> Tell the listeners where you are right now as we as we talk. As we speak, I'm right in Dubai, actually. Having some business going on over here and, you know, enjoying this nice weather. And, uh, yeah, some nice food, too. This guy, Badu Jack, making deals happen. We talk about Ripper Nutrition on the show before. This week he had some big news announcing a multi-year, multi-million dollar deal across Asia to distribute this product. Uh, no jokes, Badu. This is big news. Congratulations, man. Are you surprised at how quickly the product has taken off and to be able to sign a deal this big? Yeah, I mean, I had some great people around me, so I mean, I'm very blessed and I'm uh, I'm excited for all of this. So, guys, the limit. Tell us about this deal. What is this going to mean? Are we going to be see, seeing uh, Ripper Nutrition on store shelves all over the world now? Are you taking this thing worldwide? What's happening here? Uh, so me and my team, we made a deal, uh, you know, with a, a distribution deal with uh, China. So it's going to be uh, 
a huge thing, and uh, you know, I'm very excited about it. And uh, it's going to be the first of many international markets that we, you know, going to expand to. How important was this for you? You're you're right in your prime as a boxer, but how important is it for you to get you know the side business going, get the future going for when boxing is all over with? I mean, uh, you know, you got to think about the future. You know, boxing is a a tough sport, and you know, uh, I'm 35 right now, so I don't know how many years I got left. I mean, I still feel young. I don't feel like a 35 year old, and you know, my coach, my doctor, everybody says, you know that. And, you know, I got the same uh, result as, like, a 25-year-old. But, uh, you know, you got to think about uh, stuff outside of boxing, too, you know. I learned from my from my promoter, Floyd, you know, he got a lot of businesses outside of boxing. So, yeah, you got to be smart with your money. Well, I've been able to get my hands on the product, as they say, Badu, the great Amir Abdallah, friend of the show, gave me a little bit of sample. It's been helping me out in the gym. I'm fired the heck up. But I got, I think this is the question a lot of people are wondering. Will I pass a VADA test with this, with this stuff? Because I'm, I'm all over the Oxy Ripper, the Amino Ripper for after the workout. I'm all good, right? I'm safe. Yeah, of course. Uh, everything is, uh, you know, uh, tested and, um, certified by, uh, informed sports. So everything is clean. All right. It tastes good. Is this all organic, all natural stuff? What about this uh, this revolutionary plant-based peptide lunacin? This is this is the key ingredient, correct? Correct. So we are the only um, company that uses this uh, supplement called lunacin. So it got a bunch of uh, you know benefits. Uh, so yeah, on the website, webnutrition.com, you can read more about it. Great stuff. Great news for you. Boxing fans want to know though. What's next inside the ring for Badu Jack the Ripper coming off that majority decision? I'm sorry, majority draw with light heavyweight champion Adonis Stevenson in May. What's in the future for you? You got a date? You got an opponent? Are you getting close? What's happening, man? I mean, uh, I've been waiting for a rematch, of course, but you know, he got to fight, uh, fight his mandatory, uh, Dick or whatever his name is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I look to, to stay busy until, you know, I can get that rematch. So maybe the promotion is uh, working, you know, on a big fight for me. So hopefully uh, December, January, we, we got a you know big fight. And uh, after that, we go uh, fighting one of the champions. You know, you mentioned uh, Super, Donna Superman's got that Vodzik fight coming up. That's no gimme fight, though. Well, how do you handicap that one? Um, sorry, say that again. I said, you know, Adonis Stevenson's got that mandatory coming up against Vodzik, but that's no easy fight. How, how do you see that one playing out? Um, I, I think I only seen this Vodzik uh, guy fight once, so I, you know, it hasn't been on the level as Adonis Stevenson. You know, he looks pretty good, good technical, uh, you know, good good boxer. So, you know, I don't think it's going to be an easy fight. And who knows what uh, Stevenson got left after the fight with me? You know, that was a tough fight for him. He walked to the wrong corner. He was, you know. Stumbling all over the hotel after the fight, so you never know. But um, you know, look at the girl. He he. After I fought him, you know, he was not really the same fighter. Even though it was not, you know, just my fight that was tough. He had a lot of tough fights. But uh, well, hopefully, Adonis Stevenson win this fight and we can do a rematch. Well, it's, it's going to be a bigger fight than last time. You know that that that's an interesting point you just made. You fought Butte, never the same again. 
You fought DeGale. I thought you may have taken his soul. You retire Nathan Cleverly, and then you put Adonis Stevenson in the kind of, let's say, firefight that we haven't really seen him in. I mean, are you, are you the snow soul snatcher? Is this the, is this the new moniker for Jack the Ripper here? I mean, <laughs> people aren't the same after they fight you. What's happening in that ring? No, I mean, I might not be the biggest, biggest puncher, but I can beat you up and that takes a lot of, you know, a lot out of you. Especially, uh, you know, you get a beating, beating for 12 rounds is actually worse than, you know, getting knocked out by one punch, you know, but maybe that, I don't know. Right, absolutely, Badu. And I wanted to ask, you know, so getting that majority draw in the first fight, um, there was some discussion that obviously it was your strategy to to sort of come on late in the fight and and let him uh, use up some of his power before uh, before before you really came on in the second half. Uh, but given that it ended up in a, with a draw. Would you do if you fought again? Would you plan on coming out a little more active earlier in the fight? Of course, of course, of course. But um, um, you know, we know he's a front runner. He most big punches they are. You know, they just come straight at you. Throw you know. After a while, they, they just gas out. So I, I was systematically breaking him down, and uh, you know, I thought I won the fight, and I was landing more punches. No judge had him winning the fight, so. I mean, it is what it yeah. is. Yeah, and you had him really hurt at certain points in that fight. What's let me add? Like he looked really winded at going into the late rounds. Was there a certain moment in the fight when you sensed, when you knew that he had uh, shot his load? It's probably around the fourth or the fifth round that I started breaking him down. You know, it takes. I'm good at breaking people down, so it's not people say, "Oh, he gassed out," or "He's old." Yeah, but but ten months earlier, everybody said he was a non-stoppable when he fought Fonpara. Uh, so I mean, uh, I know how to break a guy down. It wasn't that that he was in shape or anything. It was that, that I broke him down. That's my style. Yeah, we called you on the show, you know, consistently one of the most underrated fighters in the world because I had that stretch body where I was like picking against you every fight. No disrespect in every fight. You're winning me over. Now I, I can never pick against you again, man. Yet the judges, you had three three or four draws up to at this point. What is going on here? What are they not seeing? Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know if it's... Uh... You know, outside of boxing, or or is it you know corrupt sport? I have no idea. But I mean, some of the fights was close, of course. But uh, you know, I thought I, I thought I won the all my draws. I, I believe I won them pretty clearly. I had one fight in in I think it was my first showbox fight when I was ten and zero. I think I fought this guy uh, Alexander Brand. That was a close fight. It would if they would have given me a draw in that fight, I'm fine with that. But the, the the draws that I got were Parabons with Miguel, with Stevenson. Yeah, Butte, okay, he tested positive for steroids, but I mean, I don't know. Got to knock him out. Yeah, absolutely. Don't let the judges uh, make the decision for you. So, so Badu, I wanted to ask, you know, we, we focus mostly on Adonis Stevenson because you guys had this really 
entertaining fight earlier this year and there's a good chance of a rematch down the line but i'm curious are there other you know are there other big big names other other champions at, at light heavyweight who you eventually uh want to want to move on and face i mean you see now sergey kovalev obviously he lost his belt and, and has his rematch with alvarez but he's a coming he's going to be sort of a free agent no longer with hbo as they shut down their boxing uh apparatus uh obviously alvarez if he comes out the winner of the rematch uh you got Beterbiev looked pretty good in in stopping Callum Johnson, but also had some trouble. How do you how do you see the uh, the rest of this division shaping up, and, and and who do you want to fight besides Stevenson? I mean, I want to fight anyone. So I mean, I told I told Floyd, uh, you know, since Stevenson is busy, give me give me B-ball or give me what's the name Alvarez. You know, but I guess they're busy too, or it make financial sense. But that's but that's what I want. I want to fight the best. So give me anyone of the champions. I'm happy. Do you think Sergey Kovalev is done after that knockout to Alvarez, or, or could you see him coming back and, and winning the rematch? Anything is possible in the boxing, but you no, know, uh, I, I think Alvarez is going to win again. You know, I I, I I sparred Alvarez a couple of times. Uh, I think he's a good boxer, but um, I think yeah, I think Kovalev seen his best days. I think uh, the fights with Andre Ward, uh, you know, kind of crushed him mentally. I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. And and he sort of seemed to age quickly. And, and now it's certainly we're talking about the end of his career. We're just before those word fights. We were talking about him being one of the pound for pound best. It shows you how quickly things can go. But you continue to roll on. We can't wait to hear about your next fight. We know you're going to continue to take souls in the ring on your quest to be the the guy at 175, collect those belts. Is this the top of the pops for you in terms of weight? Is this where you're going to settle off and end your career at 175? Uh, to be honest, I would love to fight a cruiserweight also. So if it's a good fight at cruiserweight, uh, it's a good opportunity. Definitely, I'm I'm move up. Cruiserweight is so, hot right now, buddy. Uh, I mean, right now they have that tournament. They have that cruiserweight tournament, and they have uh, uh, you know, Bellew and and. Uh, Usyk got got a fight, so I mean, uh, right now I'm not like heavyweight, but definitely in the future I can see myself fighting uh, cruiserweight. All right, great chatting with you. Best of continued luck on the business side with the Oxy Ripper, the Amino Ripper, the Ripper Nutrition Line. Doing big things here, Badu. You're going worldwide now. Every Asia, China, all all the and beyond. Enjoy yourself in the Middle East. We look forward to seeing you again. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Ray, uh, worldwide. The, the Ripper Nutrition is going worldwide. And he told you yourself, no cocaine in there. You will not pop dirty on Vada or USADA. The, the, pow- the purple and the pink powder is blowing up, Rafe. I'm I'm all I'm all in on that purple drink, Brian. It makes me feel real good inside. Whether or not I decide to work out, I still feel good. What the hell were we just doing, Brian? What was that? What the heck? Where, where, where did those fifteen minutes go? Um, do, do I get a T-shirt for this? What what just happened? <laughs> but it was pretty subdued. He was chilling over there in uh, Dubai. What do you think's going on? What do you think happens the second that phone hangs up? I don't know, but I'm glad I got to throw in a little load watch for him. You so the, I, I was I was going to see if you brought that up. So does that? I guess it goes back to the. I mean, we got to bring in that guy that was that was uh, really upset about load watch, who's now like the leader of it. Does that count? 
or are you just teasing the bag? Are you just playing with it? Oh, no, no. That's, that is, that is, that, that doesn't count in the official tally because I know what I'm doing it knowingly. It's, 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 it's juking the stats. It's not fair, but it is a nice nod to the overall movement. I had a bite down so hard to, to, to not laugh out loud during that question. I was playing with I played it very straight, man. I played it real straight. I listened, I listened to, I listened to my guy very well and I just play it right down the middle. Wow. Wow. A lot of bag, a lot of bag teasing. You have a little bit of fun with the bag. You play with it. You win combinations on the bag. Um, going to have a big fight soon. When all said and done, could Badu be the last man standing at 175? There's a lot of killers in that division. I don't think so. No, I, 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 I think that it would be Viterbiev more likely, uh, Bivol, one of those guys. I, I'm not seeing it with our guy with a. Uh, with um with Badu, unfortunately. Well, he may have not been so excited about it, but I'm excited about his Ripper Nutrition multi-million dollar worldwide Asian deal, Rafe. Maybe people can start getting ripped out in China. and I mean, when you take that stuff, you get ripped. I, of course, I stopped taking it. I'm looking month. at you right now. You ain't ripped. I ripped. So I, You're I, eating pies. I, I was you're literally eating, eating pies. pies. I had a lot of travel. I don't know if you can stay ripped while you're traveling. Is that possible? You got to be very, very disciplined. You got to, you got to bring the ripper with you, and you got to hit those terrible hotel gyms all the time. All the time. I think we have to snort it at that point to really keep the uh, the aggression and the uh, and the leanness going. But hey, Badu Jack, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, the guy takes souls, Rafe. One day he'll take your soul. One day. That I think is on the board. That's very possible. But still, uh, I don't know, man. I too much, too much ripping, too much ripping. All right, so there's that. A sloppy episode this week, Rafe. I'll take I'll take credit or or blame for it. That's fine. You know, we we toss the bag around. Uh, zones here to stay, it seems, and uh, pack Broner on the horizon. But is respect box back? Because you make a lot of promises. It's I, I am I'm having a hard time living up to that promise. I am collecting all the notes, all the links. I'm starting to write things up, and I just never get to the finish line. I am determined to sometime somehow getting one out this week. All right, I I guarantee it. I promise it. You got to listen to me when I'm telling you. There will be a respect box newsletter this week to the 40 people who care. Wow! Wow! All right, keep buying basketball. A love story. McSorley's two and two, my father, Mark Kriegel, and me. Uh, no one, no, we don't get any Pac Rims love. Pacific Rims, your first book. No, no one talks about that on the show at all. Oh, I guess, shoot, I get love for that all the time, man. I'm always interacting with my people who know about Philippine basketball. So I don't need to hear, I don't need to hear people kiss my ass over this stuff. I don't care. I'm, I, 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 I'm happy with it. That's all that matters. Another hot beef injection. All right. Follow <laughs> the bugs at Rafe Bugs. Follow me at B Campbell CBA. Go follow yourself. All right. Give us the, I don't care. Let's get out of here. Rafe, I'm done. I'm done. Let's get out of here. Um, but I am, you know, shout out to you for the, uh, the load watch. That was nice of you. Uh, maybe shout out to the Irish crew on the way out. No, not right. I mean, you know, let's, yeah, let's do it. Okay, Gypsy Boys. Okay, the Irish crew. Hey, oh! Here we go. Right here, chicken punches like Mike Tyson. Yeah, that's it, Rafe. Uh, you got anything left? We out. <laughs> <laughs>